You are now listening to another episode of Saints Edified. I'm your host Arturo, and I want to thank you once again for tuning in. If you would like to support this ministry, please visit our Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. You may also visit our website and check out the Saints Edified merchandise and accessories, including the highly requested 15-ounce Sole de Gloria mug. To visit our website, just go to www.saintsedified.com. On this episode, I have highlighted parts of interviews, discussions, and previous episodes that touch on specific topics. You can visit the Saints Edified YouTube page to watch and listen to the full audio and video clips of these segments. I will also provide links with brief descriptions of each clip I use for your convenience. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to me. You may do so by going to our Facebook page, or you can go ahead and just email me, saintsedified at dma.com. Saints, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Eventually, you know, you learn, you know, Calvinism and, and Tulip and all that. And yeah, um, so, through Shylin, so, yeah, right? Okay, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, 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 so can you explain for us just a little bit, man? Because um, again, on Redeem Project Radio, uh, maybe people don't even know what Reformed theology is, right? Uh, they yeah. don't know what Calvinism is. So, so very briefly, bro, if you could just quickly say, like, your chance, or uh, if you could explain what, what Calvinism is, but also, also share your transition from, from you know being at a pentecostal church or was it a pentecostal church that you're at before or what kind of church kind was of, it pentecostal kind of? vibes it wasn't super okay. over the top charismatic but yeah yeah bit, okay yeah, yeah, like yeah. like can you explain that that, trans- that that transition bro like from you first being saved to finally starting to see these doctrines in scripture and just yeah, yeah. you know like god blowing your mind and yep. about about how gracious <laughs> he is and and again it sounds hard at first right. but then you see the, you see the grace and all of it you know so so can you explain yeah. a little bit man uh how that was for you yeah for sure um yeah, so when I first got into Christian rap, it was all Reach Records. So it was Cray, Trip Lee, all those guys. Yeah. Now, when I was writing my stuff secular, um, it, my stuff was very boom bat, East Coast, grimy, yeah. underground. And so Reach Records was not that, but that was the only Christian rap I heard. Like, okay, this is dope. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, I get put on the Shy Lin. Yeah. I get put on the Stephen the Levite, Timothy Brindle. And so to hear lyrical MCs with that underground style yeah. and exalting Christ, that was it for me. I, I got hooked from that um and those became my favorite guys um but yeah shylin would have songs like he had a song about spurgeon and i was like what mm. what is spurgeon like what is that like, <laughs> I, what, the, what word is that like, i don't yeah. um so then I, I look up spurgeon and you see that he's uh he's a calvinist what is that mm. term and then you hear guys talking about martin luther and you realize that's not martin luther king jr and you're like oh mm-hmm. hold on that's some old white dude from the 1500s you know like <laughs> um and you start looking that up and I had a lot. Uh, Wikipedia helped me out a lot, man. No, yeah. <laughs> that's why I was like searching everything. But yeah. um, I start finding out about these things. Okay, the Reformation. Oh, the ninety-five thesis. Okay, the hold on. What is the? So I, I can't remember and document every single point of where it yeah, all yeah, is, yeah. But it was kind of just that trip because of listening yeah. to Christian rappers use certain terms. I'm like, what is that? The five right. solas. What is what the sola? Like, what is yeah. you talk? So I would just look all that stuff up. You start finding it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course. I mean, I think the average church in America is van evangelifish, you know, nothing yeah. too hard or real. Jesus died for you because he thinks you're so great, you know, and yeah. he loves you. And, and Very life uh, prosperity type of. Yeah, like, yeah. right. Um, and so to hear, like, actually, and and also I think one of my guys that I would hang out with, the guy who asked me if I recorded my own music, remember I, I mentioned that before? Yeah. He ended up building a real deep friendship and, and him and some other guys ended up discipling me and. Um, but in that time, we came across the Paul Washer shocking youth message sermon, uh, most nice. of it, right? So then that challenged me in my own walk with Jesus. But then I started listening to Paul Washer. So I hear him talking about 
the depravity of man. And then, uh, so there's all kinds. So then when you start hearing those kinds of truths coming from the like evangelical norm sort of, mm-hmm. you know, theology, it rocks you because you're like, hold on. Like I deserve hell. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. like God is angry with me. Like how mm-hmm. you like, um, I'm dead in my sin. You start hearing all those things and you, yeah. you, you, you instantly reject it. Um, and I think there's a degree to which that that is still that is the flesh, right? Because right. at the time that I was hearing about that stuff, it it, it it challenges your pride. I'm valuable. I'm worth something. Why yeah. would it say that about me? But then you start to see it in the scripture. You see these yeah. guys breaking it down. You're like, man, that's clearly what that says. I can't argue this. And so you get to a point where you have to accept it. That might even mean prayer. God, help me to believe this because you're clearly putting it here and you you eventually come to peace with it, right? God is God is gracious and is sanctifying. Um, as far as Calvinism goes, I know you wanted me to explain it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but just the so specifically, there's five points, right? Mm-hmm. One is that we're totally depraved, meaning uh, there's nothing in us that can essentially earn right standing with God. We can do no yeah. amount of work that can make us right with Him because we're dead in our sins. Um, we need to be born again. Everything mm-hmm. that we do for the, we're, we're the first human Adam sinned, and therefore the all of humanity after him is fallen and wicked yeah. and evil and wants nothing to do with God. Um, so um, unconditional right election. And so yeah. God, God, the Bible makes it clear that God, before the foundations of the earth, before he created anything, he had already mm-hmm. chosen who was going to be in him, right? Who yeah. was going to be saved. He, he decided already who he was going to save. Now, again, that's another thing that's hard to come to grips with because yeah. Am I a robot then? Is everything structured out and I have yeah, no choice, right. no say in the matter? And um, what you learn is our wills as human beings, again, you're taught in a lot of these, on the average church in America, you're taught that mm. you have your own free will. Um, right. and you can choose what you, and as you read the scriptures, you see actually our wills are enslaved, either to sin or to righteousness. Yeah. And we're all born slaves to sin. And the only way to become to have your will enslaved to righteousness is to be born again in Christ. When you're saved, right. now your will is to do righteousness. But mm-hmm. so we have a will, but it's not free. It's either enslaved to sin or enslaved to Christ. Um, so you think about your if you choose Jesus, it's only because God has already chosen you. Right. When He chooses you, when He when He changes your heart, you will choose Christ. But it's only because He made you alive and changed your heart yeah. to be able to, to do so. Otherwise, you're in a dead state spiritually. You will never choose God. You naturally hate God. Um, so, so, so basically, so in our fallen state, we can't choose God. We can't save ourselves. So God must choose us. He and He's the one that needs to save us. And that's right. where like total depravity and unconditional election kind of connect, right? Right. right. Uh, now, 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 can you explain the 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 point that everyone accepts so easily? Uh, limited atonement. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> So limited atonement essentially is that Jesus did not die for every human being who would ever live. Um, Jesus died. This goes back to the last point, election. Mm-hmm. God chose yeah. before the foundation of the world who he was going to save. Yeah. Um, so when Jesus dies, he dies to save those who were elected. So mm-hmm. Jesus did not give his life for everyone. He gave his life in accordance with God's plan of who he chose to save. Um, now again, like you said, everyone bucks back against that one um, because again, to man, that sounds evil. Well, how could God only pick a certain few? The question we have to ask is why 
how he can. He doesn't have to pick anybody. He's gracious yeah, enough. If God wanted to condemn all of the human race, he would be just in doing so because we are all yeah. wicked. And so God is gracious enough to choose any to save. Mm. Um, so we ought not hear that, if, especially if we're believers, and get mad at it, but say, wow, yeah. praise God that he saved me, that I'm one of the elect because I could do nothing to earn that. Yeah. All I deserve is God's wrath and hell for all of eternity yeah. with no hope at all. And yet he still came and saved us. He chose us knowing all the sin we would commit before Jesus and after Jesus. Yeah. Um, so limited atonement, Jesus came to die for the elect. He came to save his people. And as Christians, we can rest in it. That's a beautiful truth. That means Jesus didn't die for some vague random people. His yeah. death was very specific. He loved, he chose to love you, sinner, so much that he would come and die for you specifically. Yeah. Um, that's a comforting thing. Wow, look at the love of God in that. That's not something we should get angry about. Um, yeah. I, I got to rethink back up through the acronym. Okay, irresistible grace. Yeah. Um, so then this one, like, again, as we've already kind of been talking about, our hearts are in a state of deadness toward God and hatred toward God. Um, and so what irresistible grace is, is the fact that when God does change our hearts mm -hmm. and we're able to see the beauty of the gospel, kind of like in my testimony, right? I mentioned that I knew already that I was not right with God. Yeah. But then there was that moment that I really knew it and I wept over my sin. I was broken over it. But that's when the gospel was beautiful to me and I could not resist it. I saw God's grace and I had to go toward it because it was irresistible to me. God removed the scales from my eyes and showed me the most glorious, most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. It was the cross of Christ. It was God's yeah. grace in wanting to save me. And so it's not irresistible. It's the saving. There's nothing you can do to get away from it. But that it's so beautiful and glorious, you desire it and you want it. But it's only when God awakens your heart that you then feel that way toward the gospel and towards God's truth. And in the perseverance of the saints, the final of the five points is that God is faithful enough um, to make it so that you will continue to live out this Christian walk and die yourself and kill sin and grow in holiness and grow in Christlikeness until the day that you see him face to face in eternity. Um, yeah. So we have the responsibility as Christians to fight and grow and learn things and, and make right choices unto God. Um, but at the end of the day, it is him ultimately persevering us, keeping us until the end and making sure that we continue to be made back into the image of Christ and reflect right. him until we are perfected in heaven with a new glorified body with no sin. Amen, bro. You know, so, so I know... On, on the first point alone, we could spend a whole hour on, man. And right. so, uh, I was so, yeah, no, no, and, and I, I want yeah, people to realize yeah. this, man. I want people to realize, uh, because after hearing you out a couple of times, like, uh, I knew you'd be able to do it because, um, I'll explain, I'll explain, I'll explain what I mean a little bit, but, but, but just so you guys know, he just explained something that has been, um, a topic, a hot topic for the last 500 years within a church. Yeah. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Don't worry, this podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. As a Reformed minister in, in Uganda, I can imagine you have challenges. The prosperity gospel is so attractive. It's so attractive to hear that God wants you to be rich and God wants you to have everything. And then here comes Pastor Mafabi with the solid gospel. How do you deal with all that? The challenge which we are facing right now uh, of our church being relocated, the owner told us that he wants us to vacate uh, by this month. But because he has been 
involved in a Pentecostal movement. They just want to give us a hard time yeah. to break down the church and try to struggle again. And then also being in the Muslim community, I do face a number of challenges. I was arrested some years back and in prison for no reason, for, for going out to preach the gospel to a Muslim family. You know, I was arrested, I was detained until I had to pay a lot of money. But what I know is Apostle Paul has told us and we know that in the gospel, we must pay the price. To preach the gospel, you must have a sacrificial life. That's who I am. You can listen to my full interview with Pastor Mafabi on the Saints Edified YouTube channel. Now more than ever, our brother needs our support. Go check out the glow section on SaintsEdified.com to learn more about Pastor Mafabi's ministry. I've known Mafabi now for about a decade. He's a Reformed Baptist minister in Uganda who loves serving his community and children in need. We are proudly partnered with New Hope for Africa, which is what we use to donate to our friend's ministry. Visit NewHopeForAfrica.com and be sure to note that your donations are for Pastor Mafabi. Thank you. Soli de Gloria. In this day and age, mainstream radio with all its entertainment, music, sports, and everything that it has to offer, it's hard to find a radio station that glorifies God alone. Redeemed Project Radio is an online radio network that provides sound biblical teaching along with Christian hip-hop, podcasts, scripture readings, sermons, live events, and more. Check out www.redeemedprojectradio.com today. Now back to our show. Project Radio uh, have no idea what Reformed theology is, and they may be actually enjoying the podcast um, and the shows that we play throughout the week, uh, which includes, um, you know, For Christ in Gatura and Reformed Asa, these other ones, right? So um, I want to get into what is true theology, right? What is true biblical theology? But before we do that, bro, I think I think it's just necessary that we first explain and give a basic understanding of what reformed theology is. So uh, do you mind doing that, bro? Do you mind kind of just breaking it down for for, you know, for the people on, on what what is reformed theology? In a simplified version, correct? Simple or, I mean, if you if you have to kind of get a little technical, just to, just define your terms, that's all. Just define your terms. Okay, okay, I will. So I think reformed theology is an understanding of the scriptures um, that sees a a sovereign God creating humanity and having one plan of redemption from all eternity past. Mm. And he carries that one plan through the history of humanity. So he, he created the world and he broke into it by revealing himself to, to people. And since then he's, he had a one plan and he wanted to redeem people for himself so that i think in the most basic sense that's what reformed theology is but let me give you a little bit more of a technical yeah. understanding go for it, go for so it. reformed theology so that's the base right so we believe mm. in the sovereign god that he has control over creation and salvation that mm. from the very beginning just like you did not choose how you were birthed or what family you were raised or if you're mexican or honduran or or colombiano or puerto rican mm. or even uh, americano you know you just whatever mm. you, you have no say over that so we believe that 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 same god does that even even bringing you to faith he gave you this faith so the reason why mm. you're a christian it isn't because you were good enough it isn't because you knew more than 
the people you grew up around or you're smarter. It was because the sovereign God picked you from before the foundation of the world. Mm. So, and his whole plan from the very beginning is to save people for himself. So he does that and he brings people from all nations and all tongues uh, to worship this one God. And historically, this has been done. Reformed theology has been understood and and could and, and explained in what we call confessions and and mm. and confessions is, is 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 literally just taking every question that you have about theology or god like even the basic one who is god right who is mm. god so the church has been creating a way that people can understand who god is in a basic level like the bible is yeah. big right we could we could open up the bible and we could see we could see, uh, we could try to find the scriptures, right? And, and and try to answer this one question, who is God, right? And we'll go in and, and people won't even know how to start or where to go to find that answer, right? Because it's not clear right. cut. Yeah. So so what historically has happened is that the church has, has created these confessions and catechisms to help understand and explain the, the basic and then some not basic uh, things of the faith, like, yeah. like what are the attributes of God? Um, who is God? How does he relate to our salvation? Who is Christ? And what does his atonement mean for us as as human beings? And did he come to save everybody? Um, what about church? How should we act at church? Yeah. Um, what, what qualifies somebody as a pastor? So historically, that's been uh, wrapped up in the confessions. And that is... So yeah, I think it's just an understanding, bro, of of, yeah. of, of who God is, of, of a sovereign yeah. God, and how yeah. he, he relates to his people, bro. Exactly, it's about right. Jesus, okay. you know. Yeah, it is. It's about Jesus, and like I said, it could be it could be simplified down to uh, a few sentences, but it can get really, really deep. And um, and for anyone who wants to study Reformed theology, uh, you'll see that quickly. You know, you'll see that very, very quickly. That that yeah, you know, the basics of it is this. You know, um, like I, I call it three C's, right? The, the the three C's that qualifies someone to be Reformed, and that's Calvinism, which is tulip, right? The five, the five doctrines of grace, right? Um, then there's a, 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 you know, to be covenantal, you know, you hold to covenant theology, um, and then and then to be confessional, which keeps it keeps you within or it keeps you within orthodox uh, yeah. belief and doctrine of the church, right? So so our belief didn't start, uh, you know, when, when we got saved. It started way back with the apostles, and and being confessional, it helps us stay within that in that wall, I guess, you know. Because um, a lot of times what we see in church history is that people branch out and start believing in false doctrines, false Christ and false gospels. So um, Reformed theology, we believe it's like the clearest lens that we have for for scripture when we read scripture. Um, th there's there's other ones that aren't Reformed that we still see as, you know, we're still within the faith, right? There's like Pentecostals, there's, um, you know, uh, Baptist, you know, there's the Lutherans, bro. Lutherans, yeah, Lutherans, uh, Flame. Flame. Sway, bro. I Sway, see bro. You, bro. <laughs> no, we love Flame, man. He's he's yeah. uh he's Lutheran now, and he broke our heart, but it's all right. So it's, you know, it you know it's it's traditions, it's expressions of Christianity. There's yeah, and again, like don't get us wrong. You know, the, there are some dividing lines, right? There, are, if someone preaches a false gospel, for example, we can't see them as brothers, right? If they preach a false gospel, if they preach a false Christ, if if they reject um, and deny the Trinity completely. You know, and they and they hold to what's called modalism or or these other views of God that aren't orthodox, that aren't scripture uh, supported. Um, we have the basis to say, okay, you know, like 
like we still need to evangelize to those guys you know but before we get there though we have, we have to know what we believe and confessions help us do that so so um yeah anyways i, I think we went a little bit longer than i expected on that one but hopefully yeah uh no ho but it's good though I, I really i really do hope that uh we'll return after these messages this podcast episode will continue after a quick message or two from our sponsors and partners. Eternity Ready Radio is an online 24-7 family-friendly Christian radio station. You can tune into hymns, contemporary music, and more. They also provide a variety of programs and shows, including the Saints Edified podcast that you're listening to right now. There is no subscription. You can listen to ER Radio for free by simply visiting www.eternityreadyradio.com. And don't forget to catch the Saints Edified podcast on ER Radio every Friday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Go to www.eternityreadyradio.com today. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. So the reason why we're reformed, it's because, not just because... So, okay, my question is to you, actually. So how did we come reform? Like, what's... Let's define that. What is reformed? Because all yeah. of us here on this table are reformed, right? Mm -hmm. So if we're to say Capital R. Christianity, mm -hmm. I mean, reformed theology is for us the purest, best tradition of Christianity. So how did you guys become reformed? Yeah, I think the first distinction we have to make is that when we come to understand Calvinism and the five solas, that's only the tip of the iceberg of reformed theology. Because a lot of people, they get into... Um, the five solas and Calvinism doctrines of grace and automatically be like, Oh, this means I'm reformed. Right. Cause it is, it is a part of reformed theology, but reformed theology is so much more than that. Reformed theology, I think at the, at the core of it is covenant being covenantal. Right. Um, cause when you get into covenant theology, that just makes everything full circle. Once you the doctrines of grace and five solas are a good foundation for being biblical and being sound in your doctrine, but that's not reformed theology because you can be a Calvinist and hold to the five solas without being actually reformed. Mm -hmm. So there's Calvinistic churches that aren't reformed. And so when we talk about reformed theology, we're talking about uh, the covenants that, that God has made with his people. And I think that's where reformed theology has its basis in is in covenant theology. And well, what, 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 and, and the implications of it. Well, Reformed theology covers covenants, but it goes deeper into the, the, I guess it explains all of things that are biblical, right? So the solas are a good, um, uh, what do you call it? Like the, the, the rail guards for like when you go bowling, um, it's that, that's the solas. It keeps us in line to staying biblical, staying uh, rooted in the word. And then within Reformed theology, I mean, that's where, that's where, I mean, anything that has to do with theology just in general is from the Bible. That's re Reformed theology because the whole thing behind Reformed theology, right, when it started, um, the whole Reformation was to be biblical, to, to, to stay within the boundaries of Scripture and nothing outside of it. Um, so even just within Reformed theology, it's, it's all things pertaining to the Bible, all things within the Bible. So like the covenants, right? Then we get also too into um, Christ and everything about Christ, everything about God and his attributes and all these things, because you can't just study theology aside from reformed because it, it goes hand in hand, 
right? So we can't just study the things about God and say, I reject reformed theology. Like, no, you, you're, you're in the same realm because it's everything that has to do within the Bible. Are you talking about like anybody, anybody who studies theology, they can't avoid uh, reformed theology or are you talking about specifically us? You can't avoid it. There, there are people that may, you know, study theology in itself and reject certain things about it. But in the scope of reform in, in just reform theology, the whole circle in itself, it's it's all there. Okay. Yeah. So um, Arturo, I think you had a good mean you talked about yeah. this on your podcast. So how would you describe reform? How would you define that word? Yeah. So for, for me, I, I, it comes down to having three C's, right? Three C's. The first C is Calvinism, which you guys already explained the tulip, right? So the second C is, is covenantal which that's a huge thing. I think the third C is confessional or creedal. Mm -hmm. And that keeps us in line with being orthodox. That's what, mm -hmm. that's what, that's that's what he was saying. Yeah, that's exactly what he was saying. So so for me, uh, those three things, you have to have those three C's to be reformed. Um, so yeah, you're, 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 a Cal you're, you're Calvinistic, but you're also, you're also confidential. And then you're a confessional as well. If you're not confessional, then it's hard for, it's hard for you to really even... Um, be considered as a reformed person because reformed people they, they, they're okay with tradition they're okay with saying that yeah you know our church fathers believed in these things so and, and, and we have that same faith as them so so when when you say confessional let, let's, let's explain that too what do you mean because we've had some messages too where like well when you say confessions or creeds what are you talking about so yeah. when we say uh confessional what does that mean yeah so confessional the, the for, for us for being presbyterian we hold to the westminster confession of faith mm -hmm. right and um that, that was written in 1640 what, what, what was the year again 44 uh, the, the westminster confession 1640 1644 46. right yeah 46 okay so, so so there's that confession right but it doesn't mean that our faith started there Okay, so now we have other confessions that we hold to as well, and other creeds, which is the, the Nicene Creed, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed. Uh, we, we have all these creeds and confessions that we hold to. Yeah, there's a, there's a header book. Yeah, there's that one as well. Also, catechisms too. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, there's catechisms that we hold to as well, um, and all these things teach the basics of Christianity, but from a reformed Protestant perspective. And I think I like what you said earlier. That it's like the more, it's, like, it's the clearest view that we have of what's what because obviously us being humans and fallen, we 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 make mistakes and our thinking is kind of flawed. And and at times we can be biased, but reformed theology, I think is consistent and more truthful to the what scripture actually teaches you mm -hmm. know so about god and about salvation so being confessional is just we hold to these documents that explain what, what scripture already says yeah. but in more in a more practical way you know yeah. how i would put it i would say being confessional is being historical historical like a, a, a historical christian and what i mean yeah. by that yeah. is that our faith didn't just begin Mm -hmm. You know, yes, right. didn't in the nineties, or with our pastor, or <laughs> yeah. with our denomination, further back. or with our, yeah. you know, the, the church that I was in with with Sonny Argonzoni, which was the Victory founder Outreach. of Victory Outreach. So like that's when the church started. You know, it's it's no, it's like we're saying we are connected. We're confessional creedal. We are saying that we believe exactly the same thing that all Christians in in throughout history believed. Mm -hmm. Right when we right. when we talk about the Apostles' Creed, yeah. we're, we're we're holding hands with the historic mm -hmm. Christian faith. Yeah, you know, uh, and then and then to zone in a little a little like a, a little sh a shorter or I don't know how to say that narrower. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we do belong to a, a tradition, right? So yeah. that's why you have you know you have Baptists, you have Methodists, you have Lutherans, you have 
uh, Calvinists. You have even the non-denominational people. Uh, yes, put tra- so, the non-denominational tradition. You know, th- th- there's these streams of Christianity, and what and what we're a part of is called Reformed. Yeah. That is the Reformed uh, tradition. It's a streamline of Christianity. It's right. an expression of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know the reason, like I said earlier, the reason why we're where we are is because we think it aligns with the Scripture uh, the most. Yeah. So, yes. Amen. Okay. Historic Christian faith. That's that's what I think about when I think about confessional. Yeah. 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 And, and, and the creeds. Uh, just really quick, Victor. I'm sorry, man. Just um, the the creeds uh, that that we hold to, and this these are the creeds that that even non-reformed people hold to. The, the Nicene Creed, Apostles' Creed, Athanasian, and and Chalcedon. Those creeds all talk about who God is, salvation, and things like that. And and those we can, we we're actually like. We, we, we're actually united in even yeah. those who aren't reformed so if you're listening to this and you're like nah i don't want to label more than likely you're going to agree with those creeds if you believe that christ is fully man fully god and that salvation is all of god all of grace not by works uh, but but then the confessions is when we kind of narrow down, narrow down. Yeah. yeah like what you're saying earlier you know like we, we kind of narrow down to okay now we think that these secondary issues they're still important but these issues still matter and and this is where we stand so yeah i think that's one of the things i like about the reformed faith uh foreign theology uh before i didn't understand it martin told me like oh you can be calvinist but not reformed i'm like what what are you talking about i thought i thought all calvinists were were reformed but i mean coming to understand these definitions uh for me for me it just helps me a lot to to understand where i am to understand these creeds and and especially when we when we when we corporately at our church, when we corporately uh, say uh, or uh, uh, state the Apostles' Creed, that that just like oh, yeah. man, you're That's part cool. of this corporate, yeah. this body, yeah. this, this you belong here. And then uh, me, I'm learning more about the creeds, and uh, man, it just it just helps me to stand more firm and where where I stand as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, that's one of the things I like about Reformed theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So Jonathan, you're part of the OPC, right? Yeah, or, 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 or I don't know. Yeah, so I'm transitioning. I'm in okay. transition into the PCA. But oh, yeah, okay, I was cool. A, I was a member uh. in good standing, by the way. It was, it was, it was no, uh, you know, I didn't get right? kicked out or nothing. But uh, things happen. Things happen. Yeah, we're we're transitioning into the PCA. And your PCA yeah. too, no, Arturo? Yeah, yeah. PCA. Which is PCA yeah, is Presbyterian yeah. Church Presbyterian of America. America. Yeah. Not PCUSA. Right, right. <laughs> again, you know. Yeah, basically, but, that it, it, but that's another thing, too. A lot of people, when they hear Presbyterian, you know, it's tainted already. It's tainted yeah. by the PCUSA uh, or even um, Reformed churches, like there's the RCA, right? yeah. Reformed Church of America. You, you would think that's the most, like, conservative, you know, confessional thing yeah. ever. But that that denomination is being taken over by by, yeah, man. by, by theological liberals, you know, and, yeah. um, and not politically liberal. Well, I guess in some sense, but mainly... Yeah, guys who deny yeah the you know the scriptures so yeah yeah we're we're part of the rca right now the reformed church in america but um oh my stay God. tuned for updates you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 hey, no it's all good man we're, we're just stay tuned yeah, you know, know my, my, my father-in-law he's part of the rca and he's one of that i'm i'm proud to say that he's one of the more, the guys that are fighting you know for for truth you know what i mean yeah, within yeah, the yeah. rca so yeah. i get so, it I think this is this is why we're doing this whole breaking down of definitions exactly yeah. what you were saying right now, right? Because we throw out words oftentimes. Mm-hmm. Um, even earlier with you guys as wise, we were talking about uh, those words like mm-hmm. reform. What does that mean? Um, mm-hmm. So we throw these words in our circles. We you know we're, we we right. use big words and name everything. Um, so I think for the people, I think that's why we're doing this uh, to to yeah. define terms and what we are, who we are, what yeah. we're about. 
Yeah, about that too, Jonathan. Like, like we made it very clear, even when we started reading Project Radio, like we're not going to be shy or scared about our faith. Yeah. Uh, so many times, Reformed people they feel like they have to like kind of hide a little bit, you know, because we all know who, who likes limited atonement or unconditional election. Mm-hmm. Like who likes those mm-hmm. doctrines, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then with something apostles, you hear once saved, always saved, or person of the saints, mm-hmm. and immediately they think that you're just a person like that likes that loves to sin and mm-hmm. and still come to be you know Christian or whatever. So so like. We're saying no. We're, we're we are understandable about what we believe, the same way how we're understandable about being Latinos. You know what I mean? And and um, trying to reach the urban community in this way. You know, so so yeah, it is important to define what we believe, bro. I mean, unfortunately, you know, I think the reform tradition has been tainted so much, and uh, I think it's helpful because I think every time we, we do meet up and talk, we talk about this, but I think it yeah. needs to be talked about quite a, quite a bit. Yeah, so. it definitely does, bro. Especially us coming from those kind of backgrounds, yeah. uh, where. These 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 words are not really um, uh, received, right, right? right? So we're here to say, man, hey, we we come from these urban areas, and we're not afraid to to call ourselves Calvinists or to call ourselves Reformed or to hold like, yeah, I believe in limited atonement, I believe in perseverance of the saints, I believe mm-hmm. that He who started good work in you will bring it to com- completion. I, yeah. I actually believe that, yeah. and I don't think that that, mm-hmm. that that we can pluck ourselves out from the hands of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like I'm not ashamed. Like I know. Like I can't lose my salvation because my salvation is not based on me or the things that I do. It's based on Christ who holds me down. Mm-hmm. Nice, amen, bro. I think Jonathan, you, uh, I heard you say this earlier that you know being a Calvinist, not, it's not it's not to start arguments, to start debate. This it's more of a personal for assurance to know that you are yeah. secured in Christ. And I mean, the more that that we get into it, it's like why would you want to take that away from? From the people of God, that they are secure mm-hmm. in Him, mm-hmm. that he, right. he is our shepherd, and no one can pluck us out of His hands. Woo! Not even me. Yeah. All right, I can't pluck myself out of His hands. <laughs> <laughs> but but what, what, why do you guys think that is? That in, in like the, the hood. In- I hope you enjoyed this episode. Once again, if you would like to listen to the full interview or discussion of one or more of these clips, all you have to do is look in the description. There you will find links to the full interviews or discussion on our YouTube page. I would also like to remind you once more that Saints Edified is a listener-supported ministry. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support, consider being a monthly Patreon member by visiting www.patreon.com slash saintsedified. Even $2 a month would be greatly appreciated. Those few dollars every month will help keep this ministry online and growing. Well, that's all I have for you for now. Saints, until next time. Soledad Gloria.